Welcome to the LAPUX podcast, where we feature practical insights on how to lead with authenticity and courage in a changing world. This podcast is part of a growing collection of conversations with thought leaders in the corporate and nonprofit world who exemplify Christ-centered leadership. These thought leaders influence and contribute to meaningful professional development opportunities that seed our growing list of certificates and digital badges designed by our award-winning team who create world-class learning experiences that put humanity back into learning. Join us today in this journey to innovate and show the world what agile learning can be. Hello listeners and thank you again for taking time to listen in to this podcast series Resilient Leaders in a VUCA World. This is actually our eighth episode. And if you haven't listened to the first seven, please take the opportunity to look at our site, x.lapu.edu, and you will gain access to that. My name is John Reynolds, and today I have joining me Lenny Moon. Lenny Moon is a board member for us at our university, but in real life actually serves as the chief executive officer of a cryptocurrency startup called Flycoin and is also the CFO at its holding company. Then he has had several CFO positions, the motorcycle parts industry, the music industry, and even in a seminary. So it comes with a huge amount of experience and understanding what it means to network and collaborate. Lenny, thank you for joining us. Um, Welcome. Thanks, John. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Let's start with a, a question from my blog. Is this the time, especially as we face an uncertain future in this changing world, to put more energy into building and leveraging our networks and or our network skills as leaders? Is this a statement that resonates with you as a chief executive officer? Absolutely. I think that especially in my position as a CEO, a lot of our success in terms of how we've grown the company, whether it's from a capital raising, whether it's from kind of the partnership level, it's really important to be able to leverage the current network that uh, either you or your fellow executives have built up over the years. And it's not an immediate thing. It's something that, you know, to use the analogy of kind of planting the seed and it takes, you know, years to cultivate because there's a trust factor that gets built up with your own network where when it's time to leverage that network in a way, not in a disingenuous way, but in a way that, you know, really helps you as an individual or helps you professionally, I think that there needs to be a little bit of a trust factor built up between you and you know, the right individuals within that network, because whenever you do talk about how that network could potentially help you personally and professionally, on the other side, the desire to help or the amount of effort that he or she may want to put into helping you depends on how much they really know you and trust you. So in your role, you speak about trust and uh, building up this trust, and it's both internal and external, right? You have to network and collaborate within the organization as well as outside of the organization. What ratio do you have in terms of how much time you spend building up networks and collaboration within the company lead and versus uh, partners and external stakeholders? You know, I think that that's dependent on a little bit of the life cycle of the company. So right now we are in a startup growth stage and uh, my position is very external facing, whether it's with potential investors, current investors, partners. So I would say definitely more than half of that time is, um, is spent on kind of external relationships. 
Now, I think that allocation may shift, especially as our company you know, matures, where I do need to focus in on the internal aspect with the company, the culture, and the people. But we're in growth mode. We don't have as many employees right now as you know, a much more mature and later stage company. So significant majority of my time is really external facing. And that just naturally comes with the conversations and telling people about what you do as a company, trying to secure biz dev partnerships from a company perspective. And I would say network is actually part of that. When you're having a discussion, you're telling them the interesting things that you're doing in terms of building a company. It's not only a a pure business relationship when you're meeting with new people, but then it's also a network builder where they kind of say, oh, well, I might actually have other people or other people in my network or other companies in my network that I can refer you to. And that's happened actually quite a bit, even over the past two months as as we've been building our company here. So fast forward perhaps five, six years, and you now have a well-established company, everything is working well, you know, 100 people want to buy you out kind of deal. And you think as a CEO, what do you, do you think is a perfect ratio or do you think again, it's pretty situational, it all depends? You know, I think for a CEO role, and I can say this from being, you know, having CFO hats as well as CEO hats, probably from the CFO hat, as a company matures, there's still a role for the CFO to be external facing, but a lot of it is very focused on internally the company, thinking about the risk liability, the accounting, the finance, and strategic decisions that are very operational. So I would say probably that that would, as a CFO, would skew, you know, more internally, I would say. As a CEO, it probably would be evenly balanced because a CEO role is somebody that needs to continue to be external facing because you're constantly thinking about idea generation, vision casting. And a lot of that you get from interaction from the market, from partners and kind of where you're headed. That said, it doesn't mean that the internal side should be any less important or the culture of it. But I think that the CEO role in particular, you are thinking about kind of the vision where the company can move forward to. And so I think that it's still probably relatively split between internal and external. We spoke mainly about you in the CEO role, CFO role as a professional, as a leader, and you're obviously a leader because you've led in many organizations. Personally, how important is networking collaborating for you in terms of your own development as a leader? And Secondly, perhaps a follow-up question is, why do you do it? Is it, you know, do you want more diversity in your thinking? Uh, does it help you to be more innovative? Tell us a little bit about you as a leader and what, how important networking collaborating is. Yeah, networking through my career has been very important. And I think that you do have to be intentional about it because especially as you continue to have influence over your own company, A lot of it is being able to pull, or I should say, connect with those that you've met over the years that could be the knowledge experts, sounding boards. And when you have a good connection with others, they also are willing to expand their network for you. So there really is a network effect. And so I think that from a networking perspective, especially as an executive and especially as an executive of a startup, the way that even right now I've been able to help build the company is because of me being able to just reach out to uh, my own network within whether it's legal, finance, kind of at the partnership level. I think it's extremely important as a CEO in order to do that. And then also you touched upon it before, the more people that you meet and the network that you develop really helps you create vision and keeps you more innovative, right? Because sometimes it might just be a side conversation 
with somebody that you connected with again that helps spur an idea that you never would have expected because either they're in a similar industry or maybe they're in a different industry. And so when you really cultivate a network in the right way, you have the right sort of conversations and you make them both personal and professional, it really keeps you excited and thinking. Maybe it's because of something that, you know, somebody that's in a similar field has done to continue to innovate with his or her company, or maybe it's somebody in a completely different field, but something that they said, something that they mentioned really resonated you and even could have been a core underpinning in your business strategy because you took that idea and go, wow, I never really thought of that, right? And especially as a CEO, how do you maintain innovation and always be forward thinking and not kind of maintaining the status quo? It's meeting kind of a diverse group of people from all different walks of life that really feed into kind of how you think about yourself as well as your company. So, you know, the title of the series is Resilient Leaders in a VUCA World, and you're pretty familiar with the VUCA world because I think you, you've lived it for several years. Do you see things changing in terms of how we network and collaborate or perhaps the value or the intensity or intentionality we should put into networking and collaborating from maybe pre-2020 to where we are now? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I've been thinking about that a little bit. And obviously, the pandemic has changed things. It's given society a different level of comfort instead of just having a phone call, having a Zoom call, and maybe not necessarily needing to meet in person. So I think technology has been a good enabler in that. And so it's probably also during this time helped the velocity of reconnecting with people, right? Because people are using this time to be a little more reflective. They also maybe have a little more time of the day instead of commuting. You know, they have more time to actually reconnect with relationships. And even just from an emotional perspective, it feels good to maybe connect with people in your past or kind of form new connections as well. But I think what it's also done too, it's it's also highlighted the value of still meeting in person. And even that may happen less. I mean, I just went to a conference last week and uh, there are people that I had been speaking to on Zoom for the past probably few years that I actually thought in my mind that I met in person, but I hadn't. And what that did is it, it just showed the value of still meeting in person, right? Because there's a, a body language, there's tone, and just an ability to connect in, in a way that has been forgotten about over the past two years. And so I think that even though the pandemic technology has enabled us to connect in different ways and potentially with greater frequency, it's also showed us what we've missed. In some ways, it's kind of showed us the value of still kind of meeting in person, shaking hands, having a coffee, having lunch or dinner together, because um, you really are able to, you know, I would say form a connection that you wouldn't be able to otherwise. Yeah, certainly the personal part of uh, the aspect of networking collaborating in person is uh, becoming more and more important as technology video conferencing has you know, kind of taken over the world. So um, a lot of our listeners are aspiring entrepreneurs. You're right in the midst of this whole deal um, right now. So if you were to offer a masterclass to young entrepreneurs about the importance of networking and collaborating as part of the entrepreneurial dream, do you have like two or three pointers you'd say these are the things you have to do in networking and collaborating other than you have to do it, but um, perhaps um, some tips for them? One of the, the first points I would mention about networking is you need to be intentional with that in some way. So for example, whenever I travel, I try to make it a point while I'm there to connect with somebody that I wouldn't have 
uh, been able to otherwise, right? And sometimes it's difficult to do because you're tired or you have a busy schedule. You know, is it really worth it when you're busy and tired to try to connect with somebody in that city? But the thing is, when else are you going to be able to have that opportunity? So I think that it takes intentionality because it actually, you know, means that you have to think about, okay, what city am I at? Or has when was the last person I connected with somebody? And you have to think about it. And then you actually have to put the email together. You have to make the phone call. But if you do that, then I think it gets to the second point, which I would mention is you need to build a genuine connection. And when you're intentional and uh, you kind of have more frequency of connecting with people and building your network, it also makes a connection more genuine because there are times where you might want to actually connect with that person more from a professional perspective, tit for tat, or maybe you need somebody's advice. And when you connect with people and you're intentional and there's no ulterior motive or purpose just to connect and have a coffee, that's always much better later on because you've built that genuine connection. Or maybe there is a time you're going to need, hey, can you connect me or make an introduction to somebody else? And if you are always the person that just calls out of the blue asking for something, then people really, they're not going to put that much effort. So I would say be intentional with the network. Be thoughtful in terms of, you know, that reach out. Sometimes, and honestly, it does take work. It does take time. But it also makes that connection point more genuine because sometimes they know that you're just connecting to connect. You've taken the time out of your day, whether you're traveling or whether from a phone call, just to have that touch point. I really think that that builds more meaningful connection. But it also sometimes through the wonderful pinball effect of more frequent conversations or talking to people, it helps spur those ideas. And it helps kind of keep you innovative and thoughtful in everything that you do. So those, those would be the two quick points, intentionality, and genuine connection. Yeah, I think the learning, the takeaway I have from that is that it doesn't just happen. It has to be proactive. And as you said, it has, therefore it has to be intentional and it can't be false, right? People are looking for an authentic networking a relationship, genuine, as you say, which really leads really nicely into our next topic. Because the next conversation we're gonna have is about being authentic as a leader in Booker Times with Dr. Kurt Takemini. So that's a great bridge to make that happen. Lenny, I know you're a real busy guy and you probably wanna go and start another business. So thank you so much um, for being with us. I really appreciate it. Listeners, look out for the next podcast with Dr. Kurt Takemini on being authentic and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you for listening to this episode of the LAPUX podcast. We sincerely hope you enjoy learning something new today and you have at least one takeaway to use immediately in your professional life. If you did, please take a few seconds to review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever you're listening to. We value your feedback so highly because we are doing this for you. Please also subscribe to this podcast where we will be providing you with leadership training and resources as we hear from Christian leaders from all over the world. Connect with us on social media so we can journey by learning together. All of our channels are listed in the show description. Before you go, we want to invite you to visit x.lapu.edu to see the courses that we've created for you. Check back often as we are always developing new offerings. That's it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, we're here to help you become a better you. So check out x.lapu.edu.